Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. What exactly is Jay Uso going to choose come next week on SmackDown? We're here to discuss. My name is Tempest, and this is my lovely co-host, Sat, and this is the WrestleTalk podcast review of last night's episode of SmackDown. Make sure you get in. I was about to say your Ultra Chats, but that doesn't apply to this show because we're pre-recorded. But uh, get in your comments down below on what you think that Jey Uso is going to do. Subscribe if you haven't already. Give this video a thumbs up. It helps the algorithm. Sat, how are you doing on this fine sat E day? Um, it's sat E day. It's sat E time. We've had technical difficulties. This man has saved the day, guys. If it wasn't for Tempest for coming up with alternative measures, there would be, again, no SmackDown podcast. So thank you, Tempest, for fixing the issue. Man, we've been sitting here for, what, close to nearly 40 minutes trying to get this going. But I'm good. I'm excited to talk about SmackDown. Uh, what's causing all of this? What's causing all this? So, of course, as it is most cases on this show, the thing that we have to talk about first is what's going on this week with the bloodline. Line mm-hmm. because we're now a week out from Elimination Chamber. We've got the fallout happening. We're seeing how exactly the Usos and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens is going to be set up for WrestleMania. And we got a very interesting chapter this week because we had a series of backstage segments this week that kind of tied this episode of SmackDown together and that led to the main event segment. So first, Jimmy Uso arrives in the, at the building and says that he hasn't spoken to Jay all week. But tonight, he's going to look him face-to-face in the ring and tell Jay to tell him what he needs to say. All that. Then, throughout the show, we had Jimmy talking to Solo and Paul Heyman saying, you know, maybe you should just go out there and talk to your brother man-to-man, twin-to-twin, Uso-to-Uso, even though Solo also qualifies as an Uso. Right. But no Solo in the main event. You stay back here with me. And then we find out Later, from Paul Heyman, that Roman Reigns has texted him to say that if Jay doesn't shape up, get this settled tonight, next week, Roman is going to arrive to make sure that it's settled. Ooh. Ooh. So this all sets up the main event segment. A very good main event segment that I very much enjoyed because you had Jimmy Uso coming out and saying that he always has his brother's back. Always has Jay's back. At that point, Sami Zayn comes through the crowd and Sami Zayn gets in the ring and says, I'm not here to fight. I just want you to know that when you hit me with a super kick at the Royal Rumble, that broke my heart, man. We were dogs. You were my dog. 
yeet, all that. You made me an honorary Uso. You welcomed me into the bloodline. Mm. Even when Jay couldn't stand me, I always had you, and you didn't even hesitate. You didn't even hesitate to drop me at the Royal Rumble. And Jimmy just says, man, you are so selfish. Because we didn't pull that trigger. You did this. And I have to back my family. That's what family does. And Sammy says, you know what family doesn't do is manipulate you. Family doesn't make sure that you have to jump through hoops to show your loyalty every single week like Roman does. Yeah. And through all this, Jey Uso then appears in the crowd up where he was last week. He's up in the, the top of the crowd, top of the stairs. And Sammy notices that he's there. And that's when, bam, Jimmy hits him, drops him. They continue. They fight. Jay makes his way down to, to ringside. Never hops the barricade, but he's getting closer. And they're fighting. And at one point, Jimmy looks over at his brother. And that's when Sammy hits, his, hits the huluva kick. And then Solo's about to run out. He gets out of there. And Jimmy, or not Jimmy, Jay and Sammy, they share a little moment. They look at each other. And then Sammy hops the barricade. And he starts heading off as SmackDown ends. So, Sat, first of all, what do you make of all this? So uh, what I like about the segment was neither man were in the wrong. Mm. So it's quite easy because we're, we're sympathetic to Sammy's plight. It's easy to forget the Jimmy Uso from his point of view, a friend that he brought into his family, into the bloodline, turned on the bloodline. So it's kind of like, what do you expect? These, this, the, you know, this is my blood you in his mind in jimmy's mind you disrespected my family because it's fair enough yeah they're getting browbeaten they get manipulated by roman they're getting gaslit by roman did sammy not know what the mm -hmm. bloodline's about did he not watch hell in his cell and see jay you know beg roman hey you know leave my bro leave my brother alone it's not like sammy's a naive kid so in Jimmy's mind, is like, you know what joining the bloodline entails. When you say, when you have to acknowledge Roman, what does that mean? You have to kiss his ass. So you wanted to join a group so badly. Now all of a sudden, like, oh, you know what he does, family. It's kind of like in Jimmy's mind, oh, because it suits you now. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it suits me in terms of like, all of a sudden you don't want to kiss his ass anymore. Now you tell me you don't have to kiss his ass. What's that about? That's our family. That's how we operate. If it kind of get in or get out. So I like the fact that Jimmy did throw it back on Sammy saying, mate, that's my family. You disrespected my family. What did you expect? You think I'll back you over blood? Blood's thicker than water. It's been said for, for centuries before the bloodline group was even a thing. So why would he back Sammy, who turned on his own family, like, you know, you know Jimmy's family? What if Sammy turns on him down the line? So it's kind of like blood runs thicker than water. So I, I like where Jimmy's coming from. And I like Sammy where Sammy's coming from, like family don't manipulate each other, which is true. But Roman Reigns has trauma from the Shield days because he had friends and one of the friends turn his back on him so roman likes to manipulate his family members so no one turns on him so ironically the one that did turn on him wasn't family which kind of shows you that's why he has bloodline that's why he manipulates people because sammy proved why roman operates the way he does so everyone is in the right somehow and solo's quiet throughout the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of things that i really liked about this one in particular first of all i like that this segment just exists period mm. Because, you know, the, the main emotional driving force of all this is Sammy and Jay. 
That's the bit that we're really looking forward to and trying mm. to theorize what Jay's going to do next week, if Sammy's going to be involved in that, how they are going to interact in their WrestleMania match, all that sort of thing. Yeah. That is what is at the forefront of our minds. But this is a segment that, re that once again reinforces the fact that everyone in this storyline is their own very defined character. Agreed. It's still not the Usos. It is Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso who are completely separate characters mm. because Jimmy's interactions with Sammy were always different than Jay's. And now we get to see how the fallout of this whole turn is affecting Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Jimmy. For the first time, by the way, this has been yeah. two months in the making, this whole confrontation. Absolutely. Because again, you look at Jimmy and he hasn't been like the most integral part of this storyline by any means. No. But he's still a very prominent character on SmackDown and seeing how this is affecting him, how it's motivating him, what his new goals are, everything like that. It's so important to just making this story really feel multidimensional, because if you just had Jimmy Uso is just the angry soldier, mm. it wouldn't make as much of an impact when oh, you no. see him going up against a very in-depth character in Sami Zayn. So I really like that for one. Another bit of this that I really like is that you get to see just how important it was that Sammy's the one that turns on the bloodline. Yes. Because, and again, I'm sure they could have told a very good, very in-depth story with all of this had Roman been the one to pull the trigger and hit Sammy and do whatever. If they chose to go about this the other way and kick Sammy out of the group before he really gives him a reason, mm. then all of this is different. True. All of this is so very different because now it is everything that you just said. It's Sami Zayn choosing not to follow Roman and everyone else having to choose blood over that because Sami gave them the reason. As opposed to just looking at Roman Reigns being villainous and turning on this guy and mm. them uh, maybe I'm being a little bit torn about it, but no, Sami Zayn is the one that has wronged the group in their mind. Yeah. And I like seeing that all play out because I think in a more lackadaisically written story, you could potentially just see that moment and that decision of who turns on who not mattering as much. Like it could just be, that's the vehicle that gets them to the WrestleMania <clears throat> match and the, the thinking that goes into a story like this maybe wouldn't be taken to that next level, you know? You, I could very much see a story like this kind of being written where regardless of who turns on who, you're seeing the same promos afterwards. Yeah. But this is very specific to the story that is being told right now because of the choices that these characters have made over the last year. I really, really like that. I like seeing the attention to detail paid off. And can I add as well, I, and I'm seeing from Jimmy's point of view, because if you, if you really think about it, when Sami Zayn was in the bloodline, he was arguably treated much better than the rest of the family members. How many times does Jimmy and Jay get promo time when Roman's in the ring, right? It's always Roman and Paul Heyman. When Sami was given that honorary Oost position, when he was given like, you know, more prominent uh, positioning within the group, he starts to cut in promos. He even one time kind of accidentally barged into Roman because he got so excited about his role. Jimmy, Jimmy knew to keep his mouth shut and just go along with the flow. But if you think about it, Roman allowed him, hey, chill with me backstage. Hey, watch this match with me. So if you think about it, Sammy and to the Royal Rumble had it much easier than the rest of the family members. So I understand why Jimmy is like, 
you know, kick, you know, quit your crap, quit your woe is me. You had it good. You're the one who messed up. Why do I have to follow you with your mess kind of thing? It's kind of like he remembers Hell in a Cell, how the family was, was fractured and that like Jay went along with Roman, you know, for family. Jimmy didn't understand in the beginning. Then he mm-hmm. eventually realized, you know what? For family, for the uncles and the granddads and the brothers and, and so forth, it's easier for us to be together united instead of crumbling and embarrassing the family. Because the friction is not just embarrassing them, it's embarrassing the elders of the Ananawi family. It's kind of like you're making us look like a... Because never before have any other tag teams or, or groups had infighting. This is the first time an Ananawi family members are having friction, so it's embarrassing the whole family. Well, except Rock and Rikishi, but we don't really talk about that. But yeah, but it's the first mm-hmm. time you're seeing a family divided. It's more than what Sammy's saying. For what Sammy is fleeting, for Jimmy, he's, he's thinking about consequence for, for years because the consequence can fall down on the kids. Mm-hmm. Roman's kids, Uso's kids, you know, this this kind of thing you, co- you can't come back from. For them, this is more than wrestling storyline. This is more than belts. This is family. So I understand where Jimmy's coming from. And I, again, I understand where Sammy's coming from. But Jimmy's point of view was integral. Because we've seen Jay's point of view. Like you said, we've seen Sammy's point of view. Heck, Monday Night Raw, we saw Kevin Owens' point of view. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy's point of view was also just as important. Because it's time to invest in this tag team match. If there's ever a year to make a tag team match a main event of a WrestleMania, this is the year. It's now or never, because you can never have a hot of a storyline like we're having right now for the tag titles that's eventually going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And it leads me to now wonder what we're going to see next week on SmackDown, because, of course, they set up Roman Reigns being there to give Jay a talking to of some sort. And this, to me, is where the real emotional crux of the story needs to happen, because... Mm -hmm. By that point, we will be like four weeks out from WrestleMania. Not a lot of time. So if we need to get from this point here where the Usos are kind of divided and, you know, not a unit to go against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And I mean, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn aren't Same a boat. unit right yeah. now. We need to start seeing the, the progression to get from here to there. There's Agreed. only so much time. I'm not saying to rush it, but I feel like the big emotional moment is coming, coming next, next week. week. Yeah. What do we get out of that? I think... You really need to see Roman Reigns be the manipulator, the gaslighter, the real villain of this family next week. Like, Or or not. What? Sorry, I know you... Sorry for cutting you off, but it just came to my head. What if Roman appeals to him in a different way? Mm. He gives Jay what Jay always wanted, the respect. What if he goes, I'm sorry. I need you. The family needs you. If you leave, we all fall down. That's what gets to Jay because he can browbeat him. I feel like it's kind of stereotypical. We're, we're expecting mm-hmm. bully Roman, but what if we get real charming Roman? Yeah, I mean, but even still, that's another form of manipulation of course, yeah, yeah. to get what Roman wants of course, out of it. Of course, I need next week to be the moment where Roman gets Jay back on side, yes, by manipulating him, and yes. it can be you know, gaslighting him into you know, just typical manipulative family family type stuff or it, it can be that if, if, if he sheds a tear yeah that, that'll be one it might be he starts breaking roman breaks down i need you roman breaks down they hug and you just see like the smile on roman's face afterwards something like that after the betrayal i think it be, the smile shouldn't happen after the reconciliation because it, it seemed kind of manipulative it should be after jay does the bidding we're like yeah i got him back on the side yeah mm. yeah because ultimately you are going to have a match at WrestleMania between two heroes and two 
not villains. Because the Usos are not going to be villains in this. Because they are going to, in some way, be sympathetic because Roman is the villain. Mm. They're the ones that have been led astray, manipulated, the whole deal. And I really think that can lead to a super emotionally charged match. Especially if it's put on the biggest stage, main event of WrestleMania night one. Who knows if that ends up happening. But there's so much depth to that. And I think a lot of that depth is really going to come into focus next week. The more we talk about it, the tag titles has the main event. The reason I'm saying it is I don't see it as a case of like wait and see with this tag uh, with the tag titles because I'm not saying oh the women can main event anytime they want to. They're done twice already. I'm saying that I feel there's more chance of women main event in subsequent WrestleManias than the tag titles ever main yeah. event if that makes sense. Yeah. And also because of how over Sami Zayn is as well, you want the most over act in the main event because for example if you do Charlotte and and Rhea, it could get hijacked. They could get tired after the, you know, the tag title match, whatever. So learn from Austin and um, Rock and, and um, Hogan. Hogan and just put the most over thing in the main event. So that it's way- It's the main event angle. It's yeah. been the main event of every pay-per-view for yeah. like the last six months. Just do it. Just do it. it the answer is before you. The mm -hmm. people are telling you what the main event is. Just go with it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
But for the time being, we have the rest of SmackDown to get through, because there were some good matches on this show. There was some stuff that I enjoyed, and there was some other stuff. <clears throat> so we open SmackDown after J uh, Jimmy Uso arrives with a trios match that I really enjoyed, because you had Imperium taking on Braun Strowman, Ricochet, and Madcap Moss, a real Franken team there, and... I really enjoyed this for a few reasons. One, I thought it was just like a really good opening match. I think Imperium have come a long way as a trio. Mm. Like, because for a long time, especially in NXT and everything, I only got the sense that it was kind of like, it was Walter and then it was the tag team. Mm. You didn't see them wrestling as a unit. It was the leader and the soldiers. Yeah, And fair enough, that's a good way of presenting it given what Imperium was. But in this match, you saw a lot of like really good triple team teamwork type stuff where there was one moment where Ludwig Kaiser goes and slaps Braun Strowman on the apron. Braun Strowman tries to get into the ring, thus distracting the referee. And they send Ricochet out onto the apron. They kind of hit a high low, which was really cool looking, sending him down. And then Walter picked him up and hit a slam on the apron. And that's how they went to commercial. Really good, like quick good teamwork that just flows one move into another everybody feeling like they know the role that they need to play and play off of each other it's really good te tag team wrestling and frankly i don't think there are very many factions in wwe right now that are as, as good at doing that sort of thing as imperium are agreed i wrote down that gunter was taken on ghost of victims past yeah because you got Madcap Moss, who's a recent victim. Then you got Ricochet, who lost the title to Gunter. And then you got Braun Strowman, who also lost the title to Gunter. So it made storyline sense in terms of progression for for all three guys to still have gripes against Gunter. Mm -hmm. And then we also had Drew, Drew McIntyre making an appearance during the match as well, which yep. is also setting the seed of the rumored triple threat match happening in Mania. A lot of people saying that, you know, it, it should be Sheamus's moment. Sheamus, you can hang on there for another year. I, I personally, I'm, I'm kind of skipping ahead in the match. I want Gunter to break Honky Tonk Man's record. Agreed. The title's a workhorse title for the last, what, 30-something years. A guy not known for being a workhorse has been the longest reigning champion. Doesn't make sense. If you're going to break Demolition's title record, if you're going to break a lot of 80s WWE champions record, you might as well break Honky Tonk Man's record and please Gun and place Gunter as the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. If any man deserves that label, it's Gunter. And also, um, it made me laugh. Bronco Shea kind of looked like a tag team because you know Ricochet from time to time every year goes for an identity crisis with outfits. Yeah. Uh, this time he decided to dress like Bron. They both had black jeans, bold hair, black jeans. You know, that's that's a thing. And then Viking Raiders made an appearance. What did you think of that? You do you think? Before, before you answer the question, did you think uh, by Braun and Ricochet getting involved, they were trying to transfer the feud or the heat onto them? So that Maybe. way. Maybe. So the end of this match came when Braun Strowman was making a hot tag and he kind of gets cut off. And then Madcap Moss tags in. And Madcap Moss is indeed still a loser, unfortunately. He comes in and he eats a chop and then a clothesline and then the powerbomb and gets pinned. And... Then after the match, because as you said, Drew McIntyre came out and was watching from the entranceway, Drew McIntyre gets jumped by the Vikings. And then my initial response to this was, oh my God, we've seen this twice. But Sheamus comes out, 
lays him out or lays out the Viking Raiders or gets in a brawl with them. And then Braun Strowman and Ricochet come in and really lay out the Viking Raiders. And then Sheamus, McIntyre, Ricochet, and Strowman all get on the four corners and they Yay, pose. Notice that Bad Cat Moss is not one of the baby faces that gets to pose. No. I think that's very telling. Is he turning heel? Because there was a mention or commentary about how he blamed the fans uh, booing him for why his performance was off, apparently, on one of the Interesting. internet shows or whatever they did after the SmackDown. Sure. As long as he's not telling jokes, I, I wouldn't mind it. Not but, but I there were a couple things I really liked about this. One, I always liked the idea that baby faces have the back of other baby faces, mm. heels have the back of other heels, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's very like 70s, 80s wrestling where it's just like you have yeah. the heel locker room and the baby face locker room and all the baby faces like each other and all the heels like each other. Obviously, there are exceptions and everything, but... I like the idea of just baby faces having friends because how often do we see something like this where baby faces just get jumped and no one comes out to help them at all? So Rey I Mysterio. Like, yeah. Rey Mysterio could use some help on this show. Where was Santos Escobar in that match? Anyway, we'll get to it. I like that they had each other's back here. Mm. I would like to think that the Vikings coming out and getting beat up by everybody is just kind of a way to have that moment with these four people and maybe transfer that heat from Drew and Sheamus onto Braun and Ricochet if they're going to continue being a team because Lord knows I do not need to see Shrew taking on the Viking Raiders for a third time and just beating them. That, to me, is overkill. Redundant. Absolutely redundant. But as it stands, it seems like we are going to be heading in the direction of Drew, Sheamus, and Walter at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. I fully agree with you. I want Walter to win that championship, or win that match, retain his championship, and continue on, break the honky-tonk man's record, because at that point, I do not think there is any shadow of a doubt that you call Walter the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Give it, you could say that now, and I wouldn't even argue with you. Given the matches that he's had... Arguably the best Intercontinental Championship match ever with Sheamus at Clash of the Castle. Plenty more matches to add to an amazing resume this year. Mm. I think that gets punctuated with a great match at WrestleMania with Walter retaining. And they continue on for a long time because he's not close to breaking the record. But he needs to keep going. I can't see anybody else doing it. And also, uh, just leapfrogging ahead into the future when we're reviewing SmackDown when Cody Rhodes hopefully does become champion, I can see the man to dethrone Cody being Gunter. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that sounds like a fantastic SummerSlam main event. They want to sell out Ford Field, a big-ass stadium in Detroit. I think that's a good main event. And imagine if Vince was booking it and how bad that will be. America versus... You're Germany again. Even Dear God. Can you think how bad that feud would have been? Yeah. It would have been America versus, just say you're from Germany and you're the great, great, great grandson of that person we won't mention. <laughs> Thank God we won't have to deal with that. Okay. It would have been. That's what it I was would thinking. Have been. Like, it's, not, it's almost like apples and oranges how to book a Gunter versus Cody match. Vince would have been like, foreign hill. Yeah. He's foreign. Yeah. No one cheers for foreigners. Look how he talks. Very stoic. So let's all pray that we don't have to figure out what that's going to be like. Summertime, Sat, please tell me you're fine. Summertime, Tempest, Speak please. Speak to us. <laughs> Speak to us in the future. Spirit. Speak. <laughs> so that was a very fun opener. I enjoyed it very much. Every show needs to have a big trios match like this because trios matches are great. They're always great. I like them. We then had backstage 
Rey Mysterio about to say that he's going to take down Karrion Cross once and for all tonight. And he gets interrupted by Santos Escobar, says that one thing that his family and Legado del Fantasma believe in is respect, and he has respect for Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio says that is a two-way street, mutual feeling, and they both get interrupted by Dominic and Rhea. Dominic says this is pathetic, and blah, 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 and Santos says that he will teach him some respect, and then he didn't later, but again, it's it, fine. It could have been, been a thing of like, Ray said, I can handle it, so he's yeah. like, okay, I'm going to leave. But I was going to ask, is Santos a baby face? Then it dawned on me, uh, by, by proxy of Hit Row turning heel, you have to turn the tag team they're feuding into face because the balance is off. Yeah. So by that default, Hit Row's now heel, Legado now baby faces. Honestly, I think it works because Legado does the exciting flippy wrestling that works yeah. a lot better in a babyface style. And Santos Escobar is just great. Babyface in NXT 2.0. For those of you that didn't watch it, we watched it because we got paid to, to watch it. <laughs> I, I wasn't watching at that point. I was. Santos is a great promo as a babyface. Very passionate. He very much, like you saw the, the backstage exchange between him and Ray when they swapped masks. That's the very much the Santos you get as a babyface. He was red hot in NXT 2.0 as a babyface. Really enjoying to... Really exciting to see Santos Escobar just in the mix more because mm. he's someone that I would book this brand around Amen. in 2022 and Amen. 2023. Same. 2022? Goodness 2023. Me. 2023 and 2024. What year is it? 2023. I, I really, really hope to see. He, I don't think he's the person to beat Walter for the Intercontinental Championship, but he is someone who should be Intercontinental Champion Agreed. very soon. By Agreed. the end of the year, I would say. So... That plays into the match that Rey Mysterio and Karrion Cross had later in the show, which we will get to in a little bit. We had uh, the backstage deal with Jimmy and Solo and Paul Heyman, and then we had L.A. Knight coming down to the ring. Yeah. Yeah. To cut what I thought was a really fun little promo, because he comes out, and he's such a good talker. He's such a good talker. Everything that he says feels like it carries weight, and mm. he says that... It's the time of the year where everybody's talking about WrestleMania moments. He says he's not looking for a WrestleMania moment. He's just trying to earn the most money, win titles, and the best place to do that is at WrestleMania. So at, at WrestleMania, he's going to give WrestleMania an LA Knight moment because you can't have a WrestleMania in LA without LA Knight. Yeah. He then gets interrupted by the New Day, Kofi and Xavier, and they come out. They make fun of him. They say that WrestleMania moments are special because Kofi had one. Kofi Mania became WWE champion. One of the greatest WrestleMania moments of all time. Absolutely here, here. And they set up a match. They said, <laughs> Kofi or Xavier said, uh, Adam Pierce, you're very good at your job. So uh, let's send out a, a referee and let's get this match on the road. And that's exactly what happened. They sent out a referee and they had a match. And I thought the match was pretty good. You know, it did have a little bit of the wonky babyface heel dynamic where the heel was getting distracted at ringside by the babyfaces. And mm. it was like a two on one <clears throat> situation, which doesn't quite work. But I did find Xavier very entertaining at the same time. So, like, I'm kind of more forgiving of it. And I like what you said in the office while you were watching the show today, where I don't have a problem with L.A. Knight losing to Kofi Kingston because I like Kofi Kingston. I want him to be pushed as a former WWE champion, potential like upper mid card to main event level guy, someone who's been here forever. He should be someone who wins more of these matches on SmackDown. That being said, I would rather they weren't beating LA Knight full stop because 
I really don't think he came out of that Bray Wyatt feud looking very good. I think he made the most of what he could with it, but he lost in a bad match. And now it's like, okay, we're going to move on. And he's just kind of been, you know, pissing around for the last month and a half or so. And now he's just lost again. So I would like him to string some wins together, also be put into that like kind of upper mid card tier, like a money in the bank winner candidate. But I just don't see it right now, unfortunately. That being said, this was a really fun match. I, uh, w when you were talking and you're describing things, they just came into my head. There's a chance LA Knight is not going to get a match of Mania. I, I had that thought watching this segment. I think the segment is meant to be the storyline of him not getting a match. I see him interrupting WrestleMania and either getting stunned or rock bottom or whatever legend they have in the back. Hey, Goldberg, you haven't done anything in a while. Against, I could see mm -hmm. if Vince was booking it. I don't know. You know, Triple H booking it too. Or he's got Vince in his ear. I can see that being humiliated at Mania because he wants to be at Mania, make Mania moments. Because the mm -hmm. word is moments, LA, moments. There's not always positive moments for wrestlers, especially if you're a heel. So a WrestleMania moment for LA Knight could be him getting humiliated at Mania. Also, it could also be a seed that's been set for a LA Knight talk show, because that's another way he can get on mm. Mania. And also the way he was humiliated by New Day, a 201 affair. I was saying to you, if 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 I wasn't mistaken, you'd assume that this was meant to lead to LA Knight getting some sort of backup or something. But mm -hmm. who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's going on with LA Knight? There's many possibilities. I'm with you. Uh, you can't mess around with LA Knight in terms of WWE very age conscious. Book, push him now. Santos as well is like in his late 30s and he looks in great condition wherever. What, what, what does it mean to be late 30s nowadays? Who knows? But book these guys you know, who knows how long we had them for? Let's just not piss about. They've been in NXT with wait, maybe a wait, bit, maybe a bit too long. So now they're on the main roster. Push them to the moon, to the moon. When's he showing up? But yes, I completely agree. After Raw, after Mania, that's what I assume. Yeah, probably. <laughs> this match ended up with uh, Xavier Woods doing like a drive-by trombone blast because LA Knight was on the middle rope and Xavier just like ran, jumped by him and went. Bah, bah, bah distracted him and Kofi Kingston there was able to hit him and hit trouble in paradise. And that was the one, two, three, a good little match. I thought very fun TV match. And uh, yeah, I have no other notes. And the LA Knight's got a great vertical leap. He leapt onto a top rope of ease. Just how many 40 year olds can do that. Ha. Yeah. Yeah. We then had Charlotte flair going to the ring to go face to face with Rhea Ripley. Uh, instead, she went face to face with Dominic Mysterio. Why not? Because Dominic comes out calling her Queenie. Um, went to high school with someone named Queenie. Really? Personality-wise, was she okay? Yeah, she was alright. The name Queenie, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Not her if, fault. It's listen, fault. anyone named Queenie, uh, you know, it's it's a name. You you make it what you will. I'm not going to yeah. say anything about it. Congratulations, yeah, you can relate Queenie. to Charlotte Flair now. Yeah, you are Queenie. Yeah. So, Charlotte Flair and Dom, they go back and forth a little bit. Dom says that Rhea is so strong, and she when she gives me a hug, she damn near breaks my back. I bet she does, Dom. Charlotte says, uh, like, what do, you, what do you want, little little boy? You're coming out here, El Nino, and uh, says that she's got a real Latino man at home with a thicker accent. I love, that popped me. That was smart, because she went with a thicker accent, and I was like, yes, that's a witty line. So I was watching... 
just a random, you know, sidebar. I was watching an AWCW thing, and then um, you had uh, Mark Madden say to Miss Hancock, "You could sit on uh, my lap." I was like, "No, no, 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 no." The whole point is, we think you need to say something dirty, you need to say something witty. So go, Charlotte Flair, for saying something witty. That's love. I loved it. Thicker accent. He does have a thicker accent. He sure does. Yes, he sure does. Shout out to Andrade. I wonder when we'll see that guy again. How you know? This uh, this continued on a little bit longer. They just kind of took shots at each other. Dominic said they had a lot in common. Charlotte was like, all right, explain. Dominic says that they are both uh, like generational wrestlers. Charlotte's a second-generation wrestler. Dom's a third-generation wrestler. Sort of. That's your great-uncle. Doesn't really count. Whatever. It does count. It's different. It's not. It's, it's, a, it's in the family tree. If your uncle existed years before you and you came afterwards, you're second generation. It exists. It doesn't matter. if it, it, You don't have to come from your daddy. You don't have to come from your daddy. You come from your uncle. You come from your auntie. You come from your cousins. Heck. Debatable. But I don't care enough about it to get into it. Um, I care about everything and I, I now debate everything. As yeah, well. you will. <laughs> and Dom says that uh, his father's a piece of crap. He, he left home and... and you know, was a deadbeat and everything and said that Charlotte's dad, Charlotte was, was never as good as her, as her dad and all that. And Charlotte says, well, unlike you, I love my dad and it's his birthday tomorrow, which I guess is today. So it's Ric Flair's birthday. Woo! Indeed. Gave a happy early birthday to Ric Flair. And Dom said at WrestleMania, Rhea is going to prove that Charlotte Flair is just not, not good enough to be her dad or everything. Everything like that. And this gets Charlotte Flair all worked up. She starts uh, proceeding, starts intimidating him. And then Rhea Ripley comes out, and they just stand face-to-face. And then Dominic pulls her back, and then they stand face-to-face again. And that's the segment. That's the important segment that's seen as being WrestleMania-worthy. I'm not going right? to not 100% diss it, because I feel like, like with the Usos and KO and Sammy, they they, they got weeks to go, because it's, it's February now. It's still February. We're late February. So they have to stretch things out. If they do the attack so quick in their mind, like, where do we go next? We have to escalate it. We have to do the whole arrest warrant thing. We have to do the whole booting through car windows again. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to play the long game with this. I understood. I uh, understood that it was like a, a tease. They finally had a face-to-face, and then next week we're going to elevate it slightly, elevate it slightly, and until we reach the climax that is WrestleMania. I do think that you bring up a very interesting point, though, because all of this uh, talk of what's going to main event night one of WrestleMania is swirling around, and I think, like, matches on paper, I think Rhea and Charlotte is a fine main event match. I think Asuka and Bianca is a fine main event match. I don't think either of those matches come even close to the emotional significance of this tag title program at the moment. But again, there's time. We'll see. But if this is the type of thing that they're expecting to heat everything up, I don't think it's going to get there. And I also wonder just how long they can keep this Charlotte as a babyface train going. Oh, no. I feel like when we get to WrestleMania, Rhea's going to get the pop. Yeah, exactly. Rhea is the cool heel. Rhea is the one that's standing up to guys, smirking. Even Santos couldn't do anything. Santos had his great backstage, you know, baby face sheen. And then when he turned around, <gasps> it's Rhea. Can't do anything about Rhea. Just get Zelina to smack her. But anyway. Rhea Ripley would eat Zelina Vega alive. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I mean, Charlotte Flair's never really worked as a baby face. 
to this day, we assumed when she was coming back that we'll get self-aware, you know, bookers that know that Charlotte does not work as a baby face. Heck, Charlotte said it with Stone Cold Steve Austin in the, on that podcast. She knows she doesn't work as a baby face. But yet we're doing this thing. But then again, Ronda Rousey being champion made anyone gasping for anyone to beat her and be champion. So right place, right time. Yeah, I agree. But I think it will be interesting come WrestleMania. That being said, we move on. Natalia took on Shayna Baszler in a Who is Natty's Partner This Week match. Mm-hmm. It was Tegan. Tegan also suffers the same issue as Natalia. We call it tag team amnesia. They just yep. pick it. One week is a shot scene. The next week, it used to be Shayna. Tamina used to be once upon a time. Heck, Beth Phoenix, her best friend. Heck, the Bella Twins are cool with her. Heck, Ronda Rousey's cool with her. Natalia's got a litany of friends that she had once upon a time. And Tegan keeps on forgetting that Shotzi was a tag team partner before she left on that sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The sabbatical that we don't talk about. Mm-mm. Yeah, so Natty is shown backstage and she's talking to the doctor having needed to be medically cleared for a match tonight against Shayna Baszler. And Tegan is just kind of hanging out, overhearing everything, mm. as you do. As and you she do. just goes up and says, Natty, I've seen what Rhonda and Shayna have done to you. I've got your back tonight. It's like, okay, cool. They go out. They have the match. It's not a very long match. Nope. Natty uh, avoids the knee strike that broke her nose, rolls uh, Shayna up with a schoolboy, and then gets distracted by Ronda Rousey, gets locked in the armbar, and taps out. And then Ronda and Shayna go to, to fight her, and Tegan comes in, knocks down Ronda, Shayna leaves, they're on the entranceway at ringside, and Ronda's like, who is that? Mm. And Shayna's like, it's Tegan Knox." He's like, you'll Yo, fight you t- next week, Tegan Knox. No, it's Calls her Skittles. Skittles, I'll get you next week, Skittles, and I pop for that. She's called her skills because of her hair. I like that. Ronda's doing the Brock Lesnar thing. She doesn't watch any any other show besides the show, the show she's on. So she's like, who's that? And then Tegan's like, and then uh, you got Shayna. Yeah, he's been NXT, so I know everyone. That's, yeah. that's Tegan Knox. Who? <laughs> Skittles. It's fine. I don't care about any of this. But it's, it's really hard to care about any of this. Because it's, it's going to be a tag team match next week, isn't it? It's been announced. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I, I wasn't paying that much attention. Uh, I guess so. Because I was about to say that how long will uh, Tegan last in the ring with Ronda, but I realized it's a tag team match. How long would a tag team match last? And you'd think they'll be building a tag title feud right now. You'd think, uh, you know, based on the rumors, it's going to be, you know, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania for the tag titles. But part of me thinks it's going to be either a triple threat or Fatal 4-Way. So mm. you got Becky and Lita. So if you watch Monday Night Raw, that was announced. They're going to challenge for the tag titles. I think some chicanery could happen or uh, Lita and Becky do win. So they, they're going to go into WrestleMania's champions. And you have Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez teaming up together. Because mm-hmm. for- I, I, Liv has done so much the past year to turn her career around. She deserve- I feel like the tag titles is going to be multi-women match. Like they've done before. Another turmoil match? I don't know. Oh, God. I, I, no. no. I don't want a tag turmoil match. Just do a four-way. Like, but there's so many women that you want to get involved. Not everyone can be on WrestleMania. You're right. Do you think it'll be like a fatal five-way maybe? I don't know. Wait, this Trish. How do you weird. do a fatal five-way tag match? There's not another corner for, to put them in, though. <sighs> Just do a triple threat to start off, right? That's the, be- the best way to get around it. But then again, they might have to tag out. I'm confused. I'm tired. What did I, what did I suggest, guys? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know! <laughs> He's too tight, too, Billy. He's too tight, Billy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it, yeah. We then had the return of the Firefly Funhouse again. 
Shout out to you, people. Said it was a one-off last time. That, I was people. You were people. I was people. I, just, I admit, when I say things and it doesn't come into fruition, I'll be the first to put my hands up and say, you know what? I was wrong. So this was some interesting stuff. Yes. Uh, Bray Wyatt is on the TV in the Firefly Funhouse fighting with action figures. The Undertaker fighting himself or whatever. Some of some 94 callback. What can yeah. I say? And... Then Bray Wyatt is in like a production area being like, oh my God, look at this. This is crazy. And they show clips of, of Bobby Lashley being like, I will not be dis- disrespected by Brock Lesnar. I will not be disrespected by Bray Wyatt. And they cut to like a news. It was like Firefly Funhouse news. And Bray's just talking. There's a puppet there. And then he throws to the weather and Uncle Howdy's doing the weather. And then they cut. And it's a game show called like, can you keep a secret? Yeah. And then... Yeah, I don't I don't know what to make of any of this. So uh, the important thing, when Uncle Howdy was doing the news, he spoke in like in a Stephen Hawking voice. He said, he's all of us. So what does it mean? He's all of us. And also when Bragos can you keep a secret, a part of me is thinking, I know you said the fiend's dead, but if there's ever a, a, uh, a uh, alter ego, Bray Wyatt, that can go against Bobby Lashley, it's the fiend. So... I know as much as there's certain people that watch a Bray Wyatt segment and they easy they quite easily poo-poo it. I'm not gonna be that guy. Every time he's in the feud, I'm gonna let the guy cook. When the dish is finished, which is WrestleMania, that's when I'm gonna judge. Alien Night feud, you know, retroactively, yeah, it wasn't that great. So we're now back on that train. You can't when a person's cooking, you can't go, oh, that tastes like crap. Let, let, let me finish the stew. Let me finish the food. So I'm, I'm going along with it. Okay. I'm, I'm Mr. Wait and See. So I'm going to continue to wait and see because there are some Bray Wyatt fans out there that want to wait and see. So for you guys out there, we ain't going to disrespect Bray Wyatt and what's going on. I'm going to wait and see. There's clues in there. Can we keep a secret? So what is that secret? That's the question. That's the question. What's the secret? Think about the secret, man. Not, not the whole segment, him laughing at himself in the tablet. Kind of made me laugh in, in a weird way. But yes. <laughs> He looked at him and said, wow, it's me. What's going on? You have to watch that segment. It is, it's quite hilarious. Him, uh, Bray Wyatt watching himself back. Funny. If you're, if you're the Bray Wyatt people out there, more power to you. This was a segment for you. Yes. We had Karrion Cross taking on Rey Mysterio again. Um, this wasn't my favorite thing on the show for a few reasons. Reasons <clears throat> one. Yes. One of the things in this match that I didn't like was there was a moment where Ray went for a move. I can't exactly remember what it was, but Karen Cross caught it, countered him, and slammed him, and says, I know your tricks, Ray. I've seen it. And to me, it's just very emblematic of sometimes WWE being tell, don't show. Like, you can work a match around guys having wrestled before and knowing each other's tricks. Yeah. There are loads of matches that are like that, that are, I mean, I'm not going to compare a stupid SmackDown match with Karrion Cross in it to like Omega Okada or Tanahashi Okada or something like that, because that's ridiculous. But it's like, that's a great example of the story being told in the match, you mm. know? The same story, just they've wrestled before and thus know more about each other now. Yeah. And it doesn't need like Saturday morning cartoon villain dialogue in order to do it so that's my nitpick for it it's not that big of a deal but i would rather they show don't tell and just let the match tell the story rather than carrying cross just having to be like haha 
I know what you've got, Ray. Regardless, <laughs> where are, where are Ray Mysterio's friends? Is the second part because they go for a few minutes. It's not a very long match, but Ray Mysterio goes for the six one nine. Scarlet's on the apron. When Ray hits the ropes, she falls into the ring, and the referee's like, "Oh no, why were you on the apron in the first place?" And Ray looks at it and goes, "Oh well," and goes to hit the six one nine anyway. And then Dominic appears at mm. ringside, grabs his legs mid six one nine, throws him to the floor. Is like, "Hit me, hit me, do it, coward!" Ray doesn't hit him. Gets back in the gets back in the ring. Gets hit with a forearm. Gets put in the cross jacket. That's it. He falls asleep. That's the end of the match. Carrying Cross needed the help of two people to beat Ray Mysterio. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't care. No, much, I, no, I, I do. I do care. So you, I know f- you care, but I don't. The about optics. Cross. I care about the optics of it. No, I, I care about what Carrying Cross is meant to mean to 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 uh, WWE. What he's meant to mean to Triple H. He's meant to be an unstoppable force. He's meant to be a monster. So if a monster can't be Rey Mysterio clean, he's no monster. Like oh, he's a monster. He it's almost like there's a whole heap of horses stewing around the intercontinental title, and he's not one of them. Yeah, that for me is kind of the the ball's been dropped on the presentation and the consistency of how to book him. Because for me, it's like you can't beat Drew McIntyre in vain. That's important. Beating a a former world champion matters. Mm -hmm. He beat a former world champion. That's why I can't say, oh, I've given up. It's like everything counts. What's the point of me watching wrestling if nothing counts? And shoulder shrugging. Everything has to have a meaning, a destination. You bring him back. You do the whole flipping, I was say cuckoo clock, but you do the flipping signs of time with Roman Reigns. Now he's nowhere near Roman Reigns than he was when he first started. Back. Do you know what I'm saying? He's yeah. meant to be an unstoppable force. People talk about his hair. His hair looks more like Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. I hope they do that for the WrestleMania uh, segment thing. He can make it work. Just there's been psycho guys with slip back hair. People saying maybe his hair is the reason why we're booing him. First is like he doesn't have Scarlet. That's why we're booing him. Now reasons being now we're booing him because or not even booing him. We don't care because he's got long hair. I think I'm booing him just because he isn't that good of a wrestler. No, don't say you're not good of a wrestler. They're not letting him cook. He has to wrestle WWE's cookie cutter ways. He hasn't figured out. Listen, for the longest time, Sheamus had to fight the cookie cutter WWE way. Yeah, and I thought Sheamus sucked then too. Bingo. And then look what happened. Sheamus goes, I actually, or either that or someone gave him DVDs or box sets of like, of of strong style wrestling and and, and Gunter. And they're like, yeah, I want to do more of that. So maybe it's the same that Karrion Cross needs to figure it out. Might take him 10 years like Sheamus. I ain't waiting 10 years. I ain't waiting 10 years for this guy to get good. No, seeing get good, he's okay. He's okay, you know, in the modern, you know, standard of wrestling. He's not bad. He just hasn't been given a chance to, to show it. Meh. Well, that pretty much brings us to the end of SmackDown. Overall, oh, that was a pretty good show. With the Bloodline stuff, a fun opening trios match. I like the LA Knight Kofi Kingston thing. There's some good stuff on this show. I laughed at a moment or two and uh, the Charlotte and, and Dom stuff. Dom's delivery is what makes me laugh because, you know, the, the, the guy, he, he, you know, you give him a promo, he's going to come out. His delivery of it. I think that's what it is. It, it plays into what people used to hate about Dominic is not what works for him as a heel. Yeah. Right? Is that like, look at his promo style. Look at his face. 
you used to hate it, but now you're meant to hate it. And now you're kind of entertained by it. Uh, I'm with you. Because usually we say, if it's not the bloodline uh, thing, Smackdown's kind of drab. But this week, it's, it was a more entertaining show. I'll give it like a three and a half out of five. Yeah, that was it. Like, I didn't think, with the bloodline stuff, I didn't think that this was necessarily a three out of five show. No. But I will say that, it's maybe not strong enough to be a four out of five show either. So it's in the middle. Numbers are meaningless anyway. But yeah, I thought that overall this episode of SmackDown didn't do a whole lot to set up WrestleMania outside no, of the, the bloodline stuff. Which you know is, what I mean? Yeah, it's bizarre. It is because it's weird. We're now at the end of February. Legit by next week, we're going to be in the beginning of March. So the next show we're going to do is the next SmackDown show will be in March. So we're hoping... You must start fast forwarding all this hard sell, and then mm-hmm. every few minutes, WrestleMania this, WrestleMania that, stupid. Wait, that was last year, and it's not stupendous this year. It's WrestleMania Hollywood. They're gonna do the hard plugs. So I hope yeah. next week they're gonna get the foot off the gas, pedal to the metal, and get us straight to the destination. Because we we saw some stuff, like we got we got the Drew McIntyre interaction in the Imperium match, which mm. is a, a tease. At that point, wasn't really followed up on too much. And you had the Rhea and Charlotte thing. Mm. I don't know how much more we're going to have from SmackDown on the WrestleMania card. Like, other than, I guess, Dom and Ray. Yes. But yeah, that yeah. was something, I guess. And the more I talk about it, like, I was like, okay, I guess they did have a few things on this show. Maybe there's just not a lot of things that I'm really looking forward to. If, but... it, if it wasn't for Finn Balor screwing Edge over on Raw, I would assume Legado versus Judgment Day on WrestleMania mm. somehow. Somehow, Some... you know, Dom's got Judgment Day, Ray's going to have Legado in his corner. That's what I'm assuming is going to happen. It would be great. I'm assuming and I'm hoping. I'm trying to, you know, manifest into existence because um, Legado should have a presence on the show. They absolutely should. Well, before we wrap things up, we do have some very special people that we would like to give shout outs to. That being the $25 and above pledge hammers over at patreon.com forward slash Russell talk and our lovely mods, because we can't do any of this without them. They are the unsung heroes of the Russell talk team. And every month we try to sing that song. So I think I can actually hit the music this time because we're streaming on the other thing, but a big shout out to... The number one villain, Nikolai Martinusen. Yeah. Colin McLean of Finn Balor. Yeah. He's not your son. He's, okay, let me take that again. He's not your son. He's my son. Fibo Moisen. Yeah. Hannah A, baby. Yeah. And our mods, Andy. Yeah. Mod brother Chris. Yeah. CJ. Yeah. Mod brother John. Yeah. Les. Yeah. Mod brother Rob. Yeah. And of course, the mother of all mods, because she makes our world go round. Mod mother Jenna. Yeah. And also Paul, because that one was skipped. Yeah. Whoopsie. Thank you very much to all of our mods and everything that you do. And thank you to all of our 25 and a... Hang on. Turn that off. 
Thank you to all of the $25 and above backers over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. You can go over there and get a ton of exclusive content, including early access to next month's fantasy booking video with Adam Blompier, where he books his reign of WWE champion Big E. You can get that right now at the $5 tier. $10 tier gets you the full extended cut of Survival Series, loads more content, weekly podcasts exclusive to Patreon. Make sure you go over there and sign up today. Otherwise, that pretty much does it for us over here. We'll be back on Tuesday with our uh, Raw review. I think on Monday, we will have the next episode of Worst Match Ever. So there's loads of content right here on the Talk podcast channel. Make sure you give this video a like, subscribe, enable notifications to always on so you never miss a podcast just like it. He is sat. I'm Tempest. We have been the House of the Black Mask, and that was SmackDown. We're out of time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.